Welcome back to Americanish. My name is Adela Kochav. And my name is Mariam Waba, and we are the Daughters of Diaspora. Today, we are so lucky to be joined by the one and only Brianda of Bible Stories with Brianda. Uh, Brianda, you co-host your own podcast. Co-host? Co-host. <laughs> I host my show. <laughs> I host my show. Yes, you're my right. My producer is chatty on it. <laughs> and we welcome it, but I post it. You're right. You're right. And I think I just got so used to Adela and I. Yeah. So yeah. everybody's a co-host in my... <laughs> I feel you. She might as well, though. She's great. Love you, Clara. Shout out, Clara. Shout out to Clara. Woo! Yes, but yes, Bible stories with Brianda. Yes. We're so thankful for you. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. We're both so excited to talk to you because we're big fans. <laughs> so a little fangirl happened. Um, but okay, let's talk about it. So when when we were setting up our date to record this, uh, you dropped some some A1 knowledge on me, and I'd like to start there. I'd like to start there. So um, on behalf of the Egyptian Coptic Orthodox community, I apologize for his behavior. Okay. Um, well, but tell us what he did first, so we can know how severely yeah. we need to punish him as a community. An Egyptian man broke my heart. Oh no. And while we were booking this uh, this session, it had just happened. <laughs> so I just want to like tell, I just wanted to tell everyone about yeah. it. Yeah, like you know when you're like grieving and lamenting mm -hmm. your uh, dating life, uh, you just want to tell everyone about it. This man, we'd gone on a magical, beautiful first couple of dates, and he was so great. And at around like date two or three is typically when I drop the I'm celibate. Oh, by the way, I'm celibate. Oh, bomb. we have so much to talk about on this podcast. Yeah, phenomenal. <laughs> okay, let's I'm continue. a celibate Christian, pr practicing, uh, no budging, no f no cherry picking. It's celibate all the way, okay? And uh, I normally like let them know. Again, I only try to date Christian men, by the way, so it so it doesn't so it isn't quite as steep of a hill right. to climb when it comes to that conversation. <clears throat> Excuse me. I told this man one night and it just went beautifully. It went beautifully. After you told him about the celibacy? Uh, uh, up until I told him it went beautifully. Okay. But then we started making out horizontally and I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, like it was so bad. I started to feel things. Um, uh, uh, gosh, I don't know how much to say. What kind of show do you guys run? Yeah, just go for it, go for it. Well, <laughs> I started to feel his dick get hard on my leg and I said, I have to go. <laughs> Like, I have to go. He, yeah, it's just like, here's the thing. The celibacy conversation went amazingly, mm. but it unfortunately, with, with the wrong recipient of the conversation, mm -hmm. it ends up opening the floodgates to conversations of sex. Yeah. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. I, I, yeah. Okay. I've, I've been in this position so many times, so I get Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I was, during this time, and kind of coming out of it right now, but I was going through kind of my own troubles with my own celibacy, like thinking, oh, well, maybe I won't wait till marriage. I'm sure that other celibate women have thought about these, have had these moments too, where you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe if I did this, or maybe uh, if I know he's gonna be my partner, maybe if we're in a serious um, relationship, maybe, yeah, maybe, you know? Yeah. So I was in that window of time. He didn't know this and he did not need to know this, right? Mm -hmm. So we're back in the conversation of celibacy. That opens up the conversations of sex. It opens up the conversations of like, what do you like to do? What are your turn-ons? Yada, yada, yada. I end up saying my turn-on. And I literally, had, I felt the Holy Spirit be like, <laughs> get up! So I immediately called my Uber and I left. Mind you, this is the day I told him that I was celibate. I was so like disappointed in myself because Aww. I totally, I like gave the wrong impression, the wrong idea. I was weak in that moment. I was very attracted to this man. And 
I fumbled. There's another part of the story which I will not say here, but I didn't end up, you know, I ended up leaving at that time. The next day I ended up sharing, hey, I actually feel really uncomfortable about that. That's not the point of this practice. Um, I don't want to give you the wrong idea. Uh, and I also, of course, said I hadn't done that before mm -hmm. up until that point, which I'm sure in his ears were like, yeah, okay, you know, uh -huh. but whatever. It's not my responsibility how other people take what I say. Yeah. So uh, that was the next day. He ghosted me four hours after that. No. Just like stopped answering my text. So where'd you meet this guy? Yeah. Hinge. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. All right. Ah, All right. That makes oh. sense. <laughs> so um, I'll explain. So I, I come from a Syrian-Lebanese Jewish community, right? So there is a lot around that subject, like celibacy. I, it's just like expected. It's like not even expected. Like, so you understand the sex ed in my school was a class called Life Cycles, where they would teach you the role of a woman in a home and like purity rituals for once you're married. And then for the last day of the year, and again, I'm not joking. Anyone who went to my school can, you know, verify this. The last day they would bring like a female doctor who like also grew up in the community, like also Syrian Jew like us, who would just be like, okay, like you guys can ask me questions. And like people were asking questions that like we were 18 year old girls we shouldn't be asking those questions, hmm. right? So, um, wait, what kind of questions were they asking? I, the most basic questions. Okay. The most basic. Questions. So you're saying I I thought you meant the opposite of like we were asking really no, awful questions. No, you're the saying most basic questions. questions. Like so you understand the way I grew up. I thought that like, you know, when I showed up to my college campus after going to my high school and like there's condoms in the hallways, I'm like, this is literally Sodom and Gomorrah. Like they're literally <laughs> telling you go and have sex. But then I understood like, oh, people are doing this anyway. And if not, you know, if they're not doing this then there's going to be STDs and there's, you know, child pregnancies and mm -hmm. all these all these issues. Right. But like I came from a world that like condom was a super, super, super taboo thing to talk about because you don't sex. You do not sex. Like, you, you don't, don't sex. You don't sex. <laughs> there is none merch. of that. Yeah, no. Like, I, I was I was considered very, very scandalous because I had my first kiss at 14, right? Like, between, like, eighth grade and high school. So, like, I was, like, the most scandalous. And, like, people would ask me, they're like, so what was that like? And I would retell the first kiss story. I think I told it until I was, like, 17. Like, when I was still a junior in high school, and it was still novel for people to hear. They're like, tell the story tell the story again because no one had stories Whoa. and then if you did have stories because like at that point I had a couple of other stories it was <laughs> like know. super scandalous and then like I got out into the college world and for all of college yeah I was celibate and I had that same conversation and it's, it's funny because when you talk to a guy especially like, I, I only date Jewish guys mostly right like I Jewish relatively religious guys that grew up in the same community as me for the most part they're setup dates or mutual friend dates so like we should have a level of respect for each other. But when I would bring up or they would bring up the conversation more like, so like you're in college. So like, do you do anything fun? Right. Like that's usually <laughs> how it come up. And I'd be like, yeah, well, you know, actually I made the decision. And as many people do, like I'm, I'm waiting for marriage. And I'd have that conversation with them. And there was always the snarky guy that would like take it like really cheeky and be like, like, again, like in the where, well, so what do you like kind of thing where it's like, but you know, like you never thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what exactly what like, I mean. That's exactly That's what exactly saying. it. Huh. That's exactly it. And then like they're they're gonna can I tell you what it's like to me? It's like you know when a guy takes you on a first date to top golf and you're like, I hate <laughs> golfing. You're like, I don't like golfing and I don't want to do this. He's like, No, 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 but look, let me show you. And it's like, <laughs> I don't like this. Do you know how many guys have tried to teach me to golf? I don't enjoy this. Please don't put your arms around me and try to teach me to golf. Like that's that that's the same feeling I get with huh. these conversations where it's like, Oh, so you've you know, you've waited and it kinda like it's more intriguing to them. And I actually I, I had um I had a guy I dated once that um, I thought I was ready, 
And um, I spoke to him about it, and I said, and before I said, well, you know, I, I never, this is my first. And that's when he's like, oh, well, then I don't think we should. And I was like, what, what do you mean? And he was much older than me. Um, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, well, you know, if I'm going to be your friend, like, I, I just figured, like, you've done it before, so, like, I just don't think we should do this. And I'm like, oh. And at that point, I realized, like, the opposite, where it's like, oh, so you have this picture in your head of, like, this perfect, pure girl, but you didn't think that was me, so, like, you'd be fine with this. But now that you think that's me, you don't want to taint it instead of it being a yeah. decision. It's, you know? There's a name and for like I, I Madonna didn't like horror that, paradigm. Where it's like, this should be my decision as opposed to like you like romanticizing the idea of a celibate woman. Yeah. And like, it was just like, I've seen both sides of it. I've seen guys that like see it as a challenge. I've seen guys that see it as like a, okay, well now let me worship you and we can get married and have kids. And it's kind of like, okay, maybe we should go on a second date. You know, like, <laughs> um, and people who are just so turned off by it and they're like, so why are we even here? And they get up. You know, and it's just the end of the day. Yeah. Oh, I understand. Yeah. I left around a stain of my past, though. Mm. Like, I was, oh. I, I am a born again Christian. Oh, wow. I was very much not celibate before the age of 25. But granted, I never had sex with anyone outside of my boyfriends. Mm -hmm. And two people, which we we redacted, redacted. Um, but but the, it, it, I feel like once you've ridden that bicycle, I feel like men smell it on you. Mm -hmm. But also, let me take it off. Let me take some accountability here. It's also even more challenging mm -hmm. for me to be intimate with men because I'm I've constantly I've de I don't want to say deconstructed. I am a Christian, but I've deconstructed what I knew mm -hmm. about intimacy and sex and relationships with men so uh, vigorously mm -hmm. but i get flashbacks and it gets it gets hard you know mm -hmm. i i sometimes uh, talk to my mom who uh she wishes that i was a virgin up and she still she still wants me to be a virgin now i feel like she lies <laughs> to herself but um i feel like it may have it would have been easier for me maybe i don't want to speak for all celibate women i don't know what do you mean you just deconstructed your I deconstructed, I had to, I don't want to use that word because it already has a, the, you know, deconstruction mm -hmm. Christian. So let's remove mm -hmm. that word. I was unlearning mm. what I thought about pleasing a man and intimacy with men. The more mm -hmm. deeply I became, uh, the more deep in my faith I became. Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I, but it still gets a little squirrely, especially in moments when I'm falling or moments where I'm, um, weak spiritually which have been pretty <laughs> often this last year i've had a really tough year uh when i'm in those seasons it becomes a lot harder to date men because mm -hmm. i want to have sex with them mm -hmm. um, especially the ones that i'm really attracted to and especially after like five dates mm -hmm. you know what i mean right i definitely am not into a guy it's not hard for me in the beginning i've never been that kind of girl but once i like become more and more and more mm -hmm. attracted to you it becomes a lot harder that's why i know that the text tells us to also be with someone else who is practicing as well right mm -hmm. not just you know when i told that egyptian man that i had been doing it you know the first thing he said was well, well, scammer i call him an emotional scammer he said to me oh yeah yeah i mean i'll i'm not letting you go he said uh he said i'll do i'll, I'll wait for you and it's like oh and i remember when he said it in my head i went ah wait someone who would also be practicing would know that you're not doing it for me. Right. You're doing it mm -hmm. for him. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're doing it for, you know what I'm saying? So it, I automatically were starting at a deficit here. Yeah. I well, was just rambling. No, no, that I'm, I'm sorry. That was your introduction to the Coptic community. Uh, but they're, I they're hot. Mariam I mean, is so much you. better. Yeah. They, <laughs> they are Mariam hot. So this <laughs> man was fine. Yeah. Bastard. Uh, well, we'll get him guys.
Coptic Avengers assemble on Twitter. Find this man. <laughs> get, get revenge for Brianda. I know. Um, He's from Staten Island. Oh, oh no! I probably know Mariam him. knows him definitely. <laughs> What's his name? Oh, we'll talk oh, about it after. You. Let's let's not maybe, air him out. Okay. Let's not air him out. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe let's. I don't know. But actually, what's your this, last name? He's not related to me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have a message for him if you do. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors. It's easy to ask ourselves, do we hold anything in common with our neighbors? Well, do you hate human trafficking? Or do you love candles? We both definitely do. And Chosen Candle is your opportunity to change someone's life for good by buying a candle. Chosen Candle is a small company based in Virginia, United States of America, which uses clean soy wax, non-toxic fragrance oil, and no additives. They are simple and pure. But the best and most important part Chosen Candles use their profits to donate each year to support anti-human trafficking organizations operating all around the world. You can visit ChooseCandle.com and use our code AMERICANISH, that's all caps AMERICANISH, A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-I-S-H, at checkout for 15% off. Take this opportunity to make a difference in your life and others. Use AMERICANISH at checkout at ChooseCandles.com for 15% off. So I want to pivot and talk about Bible stories with Brianda, how that came to be. But first, who is Brianda? So uh, just for our (laughs) listeners who don't know Bible stories with Brianda, you should tune in, especially if, uh, you know, either you grew up religious and you lost it or, you know, you're curious about it or like you hear all these words being thrown around like Isaiah and Hezekiah and like, you know, Josephus. I don't know if you do Josephus because that's not the Bible, but he's a commentator. We we can go through this. But like you're like, okay, I'm curious about these things. What is this actually about? This is a really easy, digestible way to hear the stories told as a story, which is phenomenal and unreal. And again, like Myram's a Coptic Christian. I'm Jewish. I love listening to this because I'm getting like flashbacks and all these takes that I had when I was younger and now I get a new perspective. So yeah. I've been loving that. So that's Bible stories, Brianna, from my point of view. So how about you tell us how you grew up? Wow, we wow, that's awesome. Cause see, that's great. I love hearing hot, smart women compliment me. <laughs> it's really, a, it's a show for everybody too. Like ac- across any Abrahamic faith, yeah, you will take something away from the show. So my main thing with the show, and I'll get, I'll get back to your original questions, but just to to hop off that, is it's like. I am wearing fashion over dresses every week. <laughs> you know, I'm wearing eyelashes, hair, wigs, extensions, glitter. Uh, uh, however, I wanted to also produce a show that was scriptural, like very script heavy. Mm-hmm. I Just because I knew that people would assume a certain thing about my look and the title of the show. But once you, if you're a, a, like a loyal listener and watcher of our YouTube channel, the show is like 40% the word. Mm -hmm. And we caption it at the bottom for you guys to Mm -hmm. read. So I'm just putting it out there. It's pretty educational. One of my dreams is to bring the show to National Geographic. I want to have a show. I want to go linear with this thing. But anyways, um, I'm Brianda. I'm Dominican-American, originally from Boston, Massachusetts. Well, a city outside of Boston, Lynn. Lin Lin, the city of sin. Can you imagine? Wow. You never go out the way you come in. Yeah. <laughs> that is where I'm from. Um, and I grew up, no religion. Uh, my mom grew up a Seventh-day Adventist. However, she left the church. Mm-hmm. She left when she came to this country. She cut her hair off, pierced her ears, and like started smoking cigarettes, chain smoking. 
Um, and my father was never raised in any, he was a poor man from a beach town in the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. um, and they raised my sister and I in Massachusetts, no religion at all. I'd never been to a church. I hadn't been to a church since I was till I was 22. Whoa. And I was dragged by my Catholic friend who I used to fight with about theology. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like I was a violent atheist up until the age of 24. And then from 24 to 25, I wasn't as violent anymore, but I was still atheistic. I don't, I don't have a, a, a period in my life where I was agnostic about anything. It was very, this, I was an unbeliever and I became a believer. Um, right the week before my 25th birthday and I was like super depressed and I am an actor I pursued acting uh, but I had quit like five different times in the last 10 years and this was one of those lulls one of those times when mm -hmm. I quit and I had lost out on this huge role on a network I I've had a couple test deals since being you know a professional actor and I haven't gotten any of them and it, and it was just a mess. And my friend at the time offered, <laughs> I don't know if any friend should do this, but she offered me acid for the first time. <laughs> okay. And I, I don't, that, listen, I am not condoning psychedelic usage, especially if you are depressed. I'm not saying you should do it. That's however what I did. And um, <laughs> we were very responsible about it, by the way. I'm a super nerd. Like the first time I did a psychedelic was when I was like almost 25. People are doing mushrooms at 16. You know what I'm saying? So and I just want to say, when I was in college, I had a roommate who was very cool. She was like the cool one, right? Where'd you she go to was school? like LA. I went to NYU. Oh, yeah. I did Salvia in an NYU dorm room. And okay, well, the room was spinning. <laughs> yeah, so literally, my, my roommate was like really cool. And like, I I came in with like the sorority girl bubbliness where I was like, I'm going to be best friends with my roommates. And like, my roommates were like all chill, but like, none of us became best friends with each other. But like, there was one day where like this one specific roommate was like, hey, like, what are you doing Tuesday? And I was like, oh, it's finally happening. And I'm like, oh, nothing. Why? What's <laughs> up? And she's like, yeah, my friend and I want a trip on acid and we need someone to watch us. And I'm like, yeah, uh, sure. Oh and God. I was just happy you to breed? I was happy to be there. And you just, they were just laying on the floor simultaneously saying, wow, it was fine. It was no, nothing happened. But like I was sitting there and I, I just remember thinking like, I was going to be cool and go to college and do drugs. And instead of watching people be cool and go to college and do drugs, I actually very proudly have never done any hard substance. I'm very proud of myself. Um, and I was actually dry for a very long time. Uh, and you now I drink socially. Um, I smoked weed one time and then I had a panic attack and oh. then I thought my life was going to end. And that was the end of it. Um, do you drink? Uh, I do drink. Now I drink socially. But there oh, was, okay. um, the longest neat. I went dry was nine months. And I've gone dry, like, you know, on, off, on, off. Same. Yeah, it mm -hmm. is what it is. But anyway, continue. I do. I, I only do, uh, like, draw. Eh, let me not lie to you. Um, <laughs> I, I, but I, like, go extended periods of time without drinking every mm -hmm. year, whether it be four months. This year was six months. Wow. I'll just, I'll do that always. I like to shake it up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but the acid. So I did acid with my best friend at the time. And I, at this time, we, I had always been a a fan of philosophy and theology just to read. In fact, in order for me to debate people, the only way I felt like I was going in with, you know, sharp weaponry was mm -hmm. if I knew what the heck they were talking about. Um, which I, I think you're a lawyer, you're in law school. Yes. You, that's what you have to yep, do. That's what I do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so um, I had been reading the Bible at this time as an atheist and 
again, I'm still an unbeliever, but... What made you read the Bible? You're an atheist. Why are you reading the Bible? Oh, it was so I could debate people about ah, it. Ah, okay. Actually, a lot of the things that I... In my private conversations with the Lord, which I'm a very open book, I, I'll tell you. Um, a lot of the things that bring me the most grief are those days of, like, actively trying to convince people that there was no God. There was no God for you. Mm. In fact, you're silly to believe it. Uh, I lament those. Oh, it gives me chills right now even thinking about it. But I like, I like I, that one, that one. A lot of, look, it like chokes me up. A lot of things break my heart about it, uh, about my past. But that's the one that brings me the most shame. Mm. And I always, you know, I'm praying to Yahweh, please forget that. But you know well, what's no, great about it? Yeah, I mean, it, what, what, I <clears> guess, <throat> first of all, Oh, I'm an emotional babe. <laughs> it's okay. No, we are too. We're an emotional bunch. It, hmm. Like there had to be a, a thing that drove that, right? Like why would you want to take other people's gods from them as an atheist? You know what I mean? Like what emotion was behind that? Like why did you want to stick it to people who did believe? Oh, because I thought I was... I, don't get me wrong. I think that there, there's if there's one thing that's been pretty consistent about um, my... Uh, thoughts on people is that I I do do things to to try and help or entertain okay. or inform. There we go. Right. So at the time I was blind. I was lost. Actually, the way I describe it is this. I when I came to I was reading um, when I was on the trip on the acid trip, and I was you know ascending on the trip, and. I can't tell you how or why this happened. It happened in a moment. And I'm not trying to be flashy with this. And this is, I'm also retelling a memory, right? So I'm sure mm -hmm. I'm missing some spots. And mm -hmm. I was also under, you know, a drug, right? Um, I felt the presence of Jesus. And I, I, and I know, I know that this was God. I can't. I wish I could expand on it and I have attempted to in the past, but it's a mystery to me and it feels mm. like I don't deserve that form of um, uh, enlightenment adjacent, whatever you want to call this. I don't know what it was. It feels like I don't deserve it, but I humbly accept that I was in that room with this person, a recipient of this message, this calling, this presence. Mm -hmm. The closest thing I can describe, uh, I can um, describe this encounter as was, uh, um, and being lost, which is what I'm going to circle back. When I was young, I used to go to this like amusement slash water park in Massachusetts called Canopy Lake Park. Canopy Lake Park, everyone knows it. It's like this ghetto ass like <laughs> water park. But I loved going because my parents couldn't afford to take us to Disney, so they would have they would take us to Canopy Lake Park. And there was this one time where I was lost for hours. And instead of being out and about asking adults for help and whatever, I panicked. I have like chronic panic, even as a kid. Now I know I also get panic attacks and stuff and I get mm. itchy. I get hives when I get stressed. And as at that moment, I was itchy, itchy, itchy. And I had a, a hive growing in my face. I didn't want people to see me. So instead of coming out, I stayed lost. I didn't want any adult to see oh. me because I was growing the hives on my face. And I was just, you know what I'm saying? I was, mm -hmm. I had to have been maybe six years old at this time. So I'm lost, scared, wet gross it's like sewage water from this ride that I'd just been on. It was a mess. And I thought that I was gonna be lost forever. Mm -hmm. Like it, it was some dark stuff. Yeah. 
And I remember being by the entrance and someone seeing me cry and splotchy, blotchy, like who is this little elephant man child? <laughs> and they, you know, put the uh, alarm system on, like there's a small little big headed Latina girl, please get your father here, you know? And uh, my, my dad came running to, when I saw my dad running to me, and then my sister in the back and my mom in the back, my mom had been crying and like seeing my dad, he jetted to me and picked me up and it felt like I was so safe again. And like, oh, oh, I made it, okay, I'm not gonna get kidnapped, I'm not gonna die, I'm not gonna be lost forever, wait, I was all wrong about that time. That moment of my dad holding me, like that wet, afraid, splotchy little elephant man child, that moment was like, that moment with Jesus in the acid room, but times a thousand. Oh, and I wasn't in no ghetto water park. <laughs> it was something divine. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it just, I was lost mm -hmm. when I was telling people not to go, not to look to God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was lost at the time, I was blind. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a mess, a mess. You know, now I handle my sins and my like lostness and I keep it to myself, man. It's like a cigarette <laughs> smoker, you know, like mm -hmm. if you have your own addictions, you're not going to go promote people to go smoke. Mm -hmm. You're going to do it. Yeah. You're not going to promote that. <laughs> Anyways, I hi, Tangie. For those who don't know about my show, it'll make sense later. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you forgive yourself? Uh, sometimes no. <laughs> yes and no. Some days. <laughs> if you catch me on the wrong day, I'll say no. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll tell you what. I know that uh, Jesus has, mm -hmm. and I know that the way he sees me is more important than the way I see myself. Yeah. So I kind of want to lean, I lean in on that angle more than my own, because yeah. my own is shifty, my own is so broken and not um, secure and I just feel like spiritually depleted if I'm just leaning on my own understanding of my own self. So yeah, sure, I forgive myself sometimes, and sometimes I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Um, he. Uh, sorry to exclude you, Adele, for a sec, but he, <laughs> he is the the joy he feels having you as opposed to not having you, is is so large and so immense that is all encompassing, and you should feel cradled by his love at every second of every moment. And you know what's even better. He doesn't need me. <laughs> he literally doesn't need me. Yeah. He doesn't need any of us. Yeah. We need him. We, but we need him. And then having us like glorify him and like speak about our testimonies, right? Like that is us inspecting the fruit, which is what we're supposed to do, Matthew 5. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, he's overjoyed by yep. seeing us do that. But yep. he doesn't need us. And I think that that's also really humbling mm -hmm. yeah too. okay we don't want to evangelize on this podcast not not yet at least <laughs> but okay tell us about bible stories with brianda how did that come i want to evangelize a little bit about yeah. me here i was like, got the microphone <laughs> sorry what were you saying no please go for it i mean i'm coptic so no evangelization oh, for right, me but right, that's right um oh wow this is so what a group what i'm group? the jew in the corner i'm <laughs> <Yeah>. just like <laughs> I oh I get the most critique from my Jewish listeners. That's okay. th so that, that's actually one thing I wanted to ask. But before we get to uh, the critique, they love and hate me. It's a love hate well, situation. I I love you. I'm I'm having a good time. I I like I didn't know that your show even existed until Myron was like, okay, there's this girl. Bible series Brianda, listen, because we're going to have her as a guest because she's phenomenal. And I started listening. And I was like, yeah, no, this is great. This is great. But um, I, again, for me, it's more because like I grew up Orthodox, like modern Orthodox. Right. So like I wore skirts to here and like I was covered and um, I went to a dual per curriculum school. So 
we did Judaic studies four hours a day, and then we had lunch, and then we did general studies for four hours. Mm -hmm. And in the morning, we had a full hour of prayer. In the afternoon, we had 35 minutes of prayer. So it was just... For how um, many years of your life? Uh, kindergarten through 12. But well, kindergarten, you don't have to do the prayer. But you do do the dual curriculum, right? Like, you learn the um, alphabet, and you also learn the alphabet. And we've been learning Hebrew, so we, we don't just learn the Bible. Like, w when I was in high school, like, we didn't just have, like, Bible class, right? Like, you had, like, um, like Tanakh, which means, like, the, the old Bible, yeah, like, yeah. like, Torah. Like, we had Torah, and then we had Nevi'im, which is prophets, and we had Ketuvim, which is writings. And then we had Jewish law, halakha. And then we had, like, we had, like, maybe six different classes, and then we had, like... Um, like uh, Jewish ethics classes. Like we had so many different kinds of classes and this is like four classes a day at least. So we had six Jewish studies classes per year. Um, and you would take four of those a day. They would rotate in and out. So it was just a lot all the time. And all of this was in Hebrew itself. When we did Gemara, which is like um, like the Jewish um, Jewish law, essentially, uh, we did all of that in Hebrew. And we did all the commentaries in Hebrew. And each letter in Hebrew changes the meaning of a passage so one, one thing i think is really interesting whenever i meet um you know non-hebrew speaking religious people christian muslim uh jewish when we read the old testament but we don't have the original hebrew like in judaism you'll have commentaries pages and pages of commentaries on why a single dot was missing for a word and it's mm -hmm. always to teach a lesson mm -hmm. or why did they use this letter instead of that letter or why did they repeat this word and maybe you can say, like, people who are non-believers, for example, will say, clerical error, you know, all this is written by scribes. Scribes weren't fully literate. And, of course, these scrolls that you had are thousands of years old. And, of course, someone forgot to write a dot. But, no, the commentaries say, no, this is God teaching you, you know, why does it have two, uh, like, a doubled letter when it says levavecha? Because it teaches you that you have two hearts. And what does it mean to have two hearts? And it goes through, mm -hmm. like, all these different commentaries. So it's so interesting to me to read the Bible as a story as opposed to, analyzing every detail which is what i got growing up mm. so i don't know I, I really like i really like hearing your your stories like the bible stories and I, that's really cool you polar opposites we <laughs> mike we call my listeners uh, uh babes mm. it's because i it starts at the right the onus of the show whatever mm. me the show has my name on it i'm a, a babe in the faith Mm. Right, I started this twenty. The ideating over this idea of a show with Wheezy in twenty twenty, mm -hmm. and I was a year and a half or two, nearing two, just under two years into my faith. I was a babe in the faith. So the angle at the beginning of the show mm -hmm. was kind of like, oh, we have a um, you're learning as I'm learning too, mm -hmm. sort of a thing. That that was going to be my, and it was also the most honest angle. Um, I'm also a writer, and one of my mentors gave me this. It was just such a great, oh, so great. He said, sometimes it just, like, it, it helps to write about what you're learning yeah. mm -hmm. than about what you know. It keeps <laughs> it, like, fresh. It well, keeps it. Your show gave me Daf Yomi vibes. I don't know if you've heard of Daf Yomi, but it's a, a Jewish concept that we do, which means um, a page a day. So you take it upon yourself to do a page a day of Gemara or a page a day of a certain book of, you know, the Bible, whatever it is. And when you finish it, you do a siyum, which means like a, a party of the summary, like a party of the finishing. And um, it's cool because every single day you commit to I'm going to learn one page a day. And that way you break it up into small chapters. And that's why I see your episodes as it's like you're learning together and like you're learning by teaching. And I don't know. I really like it. Big oh, time. man, that's really cool. We're going in order. Well, yep. uh, we're going in as much order as I can. I think there have been a couple weeks where technically it wasn't in the in the order. But um, I I follow this podcast called The Bible Recap. And this um, group, they're called The D Group. They created this study guide that's like – it's like uh, one of – one. <sighs> 
I don't want to speak. I don't want to like spew out like ne- uh, wrong information. So I may be wrong, but they say, and I am blindly trusting this because I did not do my. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I, I like to be 100% transparent, just in case this comes back to bite me in the ass yep. later. You know what I mean? But they have laid out this study guide in the chronological order in which the Bible was written. Understand these people are Christian though. Mm-hmm. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the amendment there, because I'm sure that. Well, I know it. A lot of, uh, especially Jewish people, have yeah. a lot of criticisms on my show. Actually, a lot of Christians do too. Yeah. What? Look at me. Look at my show. Look at my most recent episode. I'm wearing a backless green dress. I'm <laughs> not wearing a bra. Like people literally have so much stuff to say, and I understand. Well, tell us a little bit about that. Like, how how's the reception been um, to it? And are there Christians and non? A lot of converts. Oh, not even a about a lot of converts listen to. Wait, this hold on, hold on. Oh, I'm so sorry. Look, I misspoke. A lot of converts about like me, the personality. Oh, mm-hmm. I'll receive. A, you know what I see a lot of? Mm-hmm. I'll see DMs, especially on um, um, on Instagram, where there's a DM and it's deleted above. Mm-hmm. Like I can see you unsent it. Yeah. And then they'll send another message like. Mm-hmm. I just listened to like a more than one or like whatever. They'll say, hey, I still don't like your show, but it's not what I thought. I deleted yeah. my last message. You know, because faith is faith or you ah, forget that. Honesty is honesty. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Internet age sees that it's kind of hard to fake. That's you can't fake the funk in that mm-hmm. way. Right. Um, yeah. And I even think that's how I landed the show. I, I, I still say this. I'm not supposed to have the show. It feels like I'm not supposed to have it. It feels like I'm undeserving. The fact that Weezy even gave me this opportunity to produce my show fully, she pays for this, guys. Like, do people don't, do people know this? <laughs> Weezy <laughs> and Alex Media, they covered this. They and she just and it started with Weezy and it started with me going on her show and her seeing a, an, a storyteller. Yep. Yeah, if I can for a second, so you know how whenever like people do things like Christians, we're always like, oh well, Jesus was a Jew. Well, Weezy was a Jew. (laughs) Oh, she hates it when it's so funny. Weezy hates it when I do this, and I never compare Weezy to Jesus. Oh my God, blaspheme! But I I say that Jesus came to serve, right? And it Mm. feels like Weezy does the same thing. She's she really does pay it forward in ways that. And she does it quietly. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even like do it loudly. She's the most generous. Half those outfits you've seen me wear on the show come from Wheezy. Wheezy's closet. She says something so profound the other day. She was on the show too. I saw. And she was like, knowing that other people get to pay their rents because of me is the most fulfilling thing that I'll do. And I was like, how selfless is that to just want other people to be okay because rare. of you? It's a rare thing. Oh, it's man. a rare thing. We need those people to make it for real, for real. Yeah. We need those people in the these executive rooms. Mm-hmm. It's it, She's a, a massive influence on my life. And it's like, it's like the best kind of virus. Because <laughs> the second that you've been pricked by it, you own it's your duty right to pay it forward yeah. Maybe virus is the wrong word <laughs> but like it, it feels like it would be such a, a, um, a disappointment yeah. to this whole beautiful if I if it stops at me yep. you know what I mean yeah. so I have to oh, I there was a hustle. you'll have to watch you have to be watching the video for this to make sense but I was having a meeting with an executive a few days ago and I was asking for some career kind of advice executive? uh think tank executive okay yeah big guy and I was asking for him advice, and I was really nervous, honestly, about the meeting because he's this big shot, and I'm just me, and I'm asking him how to navigate this thing. And he goes, in your career, you always have to be doing this, saying thank you for whoever held you up and putting your hand out mm-hmm. to the next person to raise them up. Mm-hmm. And that was so great. Yeah. It. To paying it forward. What do you do? 
Um, I do Middle East things. <laughs> Middle East <laughs> That's the, the most cryptic way to say it. it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know if you're doing yourself any favors by the way you answered that girl. But we can talk about this off the mic. Yeah, let's do that later. Um, can you tell us a bit about your process? How do you, you said you go in order? What are Middle Eastern oh things? Oh my lord, we're moving on, we're moving on. Okay, I'm sorry, yes, 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 yes. Are you saying? Um, tell us about your process. Oh, yes. <clears throat> so... Oh, yeah. When people ask me that, even about like acting with your process or whatever, it's tough to answer. But I'm going in, I'm following, like I said, the G Group's guide, which is so helpful and they're a huge resource for, for me. But also, I go to my mom a lot, who is an avid, like, she is such a studious person, the complete mm. opposite. She's a goody two shoes, doesn't do drugs, doesn't all of a sudden, but I'm a very conservative Christian woman. And I think that her insights have been so useful for the show. And I see like slivers of my mom and so much of, of, uh, of the show. So I go to my own community for, you know, guidance or if I'm unsure about this certain scripture, I always go to people. I'm almost never, there are so many hands on the show and I script the show myself. We, it, that takes me like about three or four days sometimes, but I just like zoom, I'm, I'm zooming people. Mm -hmm. When you see the finality of that show, there are like six voices on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the product is so high quality, just objectively, that I, that's why I asked that question, like what is your process? Cause it feels like it takes hundreds of man hours of work to put something like that together. I know, and we're so poor too. Yeah. <laughs> and I say, and I mentioned that, not to bring the show down, but because we show up, mm -hmm. we're not getting paid to do, we just genuinely love to do it. Yeah. And I get to spend time with one of my best friends, Clara, who is the producer of the show, who is an atheist, who provides so much insight as well, and, uh, and humor on mm -hmm. the show as well. A lot of our listeners aren't, they don't believe, you know, there's a percentage of, the majority do, I would say, there there are believers, but there is a percentage that, that don't. And even those that do believe, they like some of the questions that Clara poses. Mm -hmm. So I will say, this is such a huge labor of love. We haven't even, we haven't made it yet, you know what I'm saying? We show up every day, every week, rather, because we love to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's been so cool because, and selfishly, the show has, oof, when I tell y'all, my biblical literacy has gone from, like, a 70 on a good day to like, I'm at maybe an 80 something, I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not on a 90 yet, hopefully one day. But like, the literacy, my literacy has improved tremendously and I'm so grateful for the show, mm -hmm. for that that accountability that I have for myself, not just to show up for myself, yeah. but for my listeners, for Wheezy, for Alex, because we need to recoup this money, and also <laughs> for uh, um, my best friend, Clara. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't know, these are very humbling times. Humbling and it's, Wheezy says it too, it's like, how do you say, uh, uh, you're, 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 you, this is your skin in the game. Mm -hmm. Before Weezy became almost millionaire, she had to do, there were years where she was still working her nine to five job. I'm working a nine to five job mm -hmm. full time. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's been a very humbling time. And I think that these are the, these are the moments where like the, the, the rich and famous and successful, which aren't usually, but you know what I mean? Yeah. This, these are the times where they look mm -hmm. back and they're like, that's that's what it was really all about. That's right. the heart of it. Yeah. And I think that you're, I'm in it right now, on this couch, in that bubble of time. Super grateful. Super yeah, grateful. and Adele and I are 
on the sidelines cheering for you and cheering. supporting I'm you. For you guys. Well, uh, I do have to say, like, to bring it back, like, Mariam and I, when we first came together, the, the whole idea was, like, she's an Egyptian Coptic Christian. I'm a Syrian Lebanese Mexican Jew. We're not what you think of typically when it comes to anything of what we are. And we're both women of tradition, women who love our religions, women who are building careers in New York, and we're modern and in and of the world. And our goal with this show was to show that to everyone. Because when we first started the show, we started getting comments from tons of people. I had friends that were, you know, like, not, not friends, I had followers, I guess, who were like, oh, I'm Greek Orthodox and I had the same experience. Or, you know, like, even when you talk about, like, your mom and how much of her shows through what you're doing now. We talk about this all the time and we talk about the tensions and we talk about how that walking paradox of I'm modern, I'm cool, like, you know, like I'm wearing lashes and I'm talking about the Bible. Like you can be a religious person. You could be a person of faith. You could be a person that follows things that nowadays are considered antiquated, oppressive, mm -hmm. backwards. And it hurts me so much to see people from my community that I grew up in be like, oh, yeah, well, that was just a whole lot of load of bullshit. Or, yeah, you know, like it's so funny how like we grew up so religious and now we're so off the path. Like you can stay on the path. You just have to make the path work for you. Mm -hmm. And there's no right way to religion. Right. It's, it's a matter of connecting. And I think community is very important in that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what you're doing is you're building a community for a lot of people who didn't have that because yeah. we're we're new to the podcast game. But like when people come across you they're seeing the possibility of maybe the religion I grew up with. If I didn't like it, there's a way I could do it. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. You're building a community for all the people that didn't have a community that fully accepted them. Yeah. That's how I And that's, I really think it's Jesus and Wheezy. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus and Wheezy made this thing happen. Truth. I, I am but a pawn. <laughs> I am but a piece of the puzzle. I'm telling you, it has nothing to do with me. Thank you very much for saying that. The testimony helps too. An mm -hmm. atheist to Christian, we can all, anything can happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? This has been exciting, and I can't wait to get to know what Miriam does for a living. <laughs> later. <laughs> later, guys. Y'all will never know. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next week on American-ish. Is that how we're going to end it? <laughs> Perfect way to end it. <laughs>